Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, episode number 51. Folks, what is the cost of doing nothing? Welcome to the Smallholder Food Development Institute podcast, where we serve up truth so that you can build the profitable, sustainable food business you've always dreamed of. Now here's your host, Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele. Hello, everybody, and welcome to podcast episode 51, (laughs) which is pretty crazy. Next week is going to be a full year of the podcast, which is pretty hard to believe. I was listening to one of my fellow coaches, Carl Lowenthal. She she runs a pretty awesome podcast called Unfuck Your Brain, uh, which I highly recommend. And she was, um, she, her, her podcast this week is all about, um, the exponential difference between doing nothing and doing something versus how most of us judge ourselves around, uh, you know, we haven't gotten there. Like if we're aiming to make a hundred thousand dollars in our business, making $10,000 makes us like, we think we haven't really done anything, right? Because we look at $10,000 as being so much closer to zero than a hundred thousand dollars. And the truth is, is that the real difference as Cara was talking about on her podcast is doing nothing versus doing something. <laughs> and so, um, I find it super interesting that we're going to be talking about that on, um, on the podcast today, because a year ago, this podcast didn't exist. I dreamt up this podcast while I was on uh, what I call my annual, you know, like I seem to do this like annual meat journey where I, <laughs> I like bunch all of my meat clients together and I go traipsing around the country. And that usually when I travel, it gives me a lot of time to think. And that's when I, when I came up with the podcast and I'm super excited that I did because I, I love referring people to my podcast. People tell me they get so much out of it, which is amazing because my goal is to change a quarter of the world's economy, which is food. It's the largest single sector of the economy. And I'm super proud of myself to be the one that's out here talking about how to build wealth and community through food businesses using the strengths that I have of seeing the big picture and bringing up the ideas and bringing them to you and creating a business around it so that you guys can go out and create your businesses. And so today uh, we are talking about the costs of the costs of doing nothing. Okay. And I'm going to talk about it in a couple of different ways so that people can, people, you know, can understand it because that's the purpose of the podcast. And if you're so inclined and you want to do something, why don't you go leave me a five-star review on your podcast listening methodology of choice because it makes a super big difference. Okay. I know I come on here every week and I ask for people to see, send in reviews of the podcast. And that's because the more reviews I get, the more downloads we get, the more people we can reach. Okay. And I have a goal of getting 5,000 downloads by the end of Q4, uh, because, um, why not? Cause we're big around goals on, on, on goals around here. So 
Anyway, so the more people that we can reach or the more people that you share this with or the more people you invite to come and join us here on The Proofing Box, which is, of course, where I'm recording this, and then we'll have office hours, <laughs> the, uh, the more people we can reach and the sooner we will make the goal of, you know, transforming the world of food so that it builds wealth, that it builds our economies, and that it's a food system that works for everybody. So that's my so that's my request. Come in and come and join us over here on the proving box. And of course, you know, DM me, reach out. There are tons of ways. Um, and we'd love to get on the phone and talk about working with you because it's super important. So, all right. So let's talk about what I mean about the costs of not moving forward. All right. And this is, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I, 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 came up with this, but you know, we have to plan our podcasts and things like that. And I do. <laughs> and I do, you know, every other week I do a technical topic. So last week was chemical hygiene plans. And then this week, and then, and then in the, uh, the, the contrasting week, I guess I do kind of more of a mindset issue of a life coaching issue. Cause of course I'm a certified life coach and I'm bringing the skills of life coaching to the food industry so that we can all show up to the work. <laughs> Alrighty. And so this idea around the cost of doing nothing. And I started thinking about this when I started my own life coaching journey. And it's really quite interesting because I think that there is a whole set of things that we think when it comes to our businesses and when it comes to our lives. And one of the things that's pretty difficult is that sometimes we feel like we have to just go out there and do something, and that may be true. But a lot of times when we're out there and we're trying to do stuff in the world, it's coming from it's 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 coming from a super negative place, okay? And for example, writing your food safety plans. Now I know that there are a ton of you out there that are not writing your food safety plans, whether it's the whole thing, whether it's your HACCP plan or your preventive controls plan, or you know you need to update your sanitation SOPs, or you have to write it at all, you know? And you come to the food safety documentation with this sense of anger because you're thinking, I shouldn't have to do this. I'm a small business. I only distribute locally. I, whatever, you know, like whatever reason you think you shouldn't have to do documented food safety planning. And when you're coming from that space of anger, you do a lot of things like anger posting on Facebook. I see that a lot. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> All right. But what you really end up doing is you spend your time building evidence for how hard it all is. Okay. And you build evidence for the government being out to get you. And you build evidence for the world looking, you know, the way you see it. And you get everybody to agree with you. I mean, if, if I could go out onto Facebook right now, okay, and I could post six different inflammatory topics on the varying, you know, places that I'm, that I'm an admin for, and I could build a lot of evidence about how the cards are stacked against smallholder food businesses. I totally could. 
But then what happens when we spend our time building evidence about why this is all so hard, why we are not supposed to have to do this, why we shouldn't have to do this, what ends up happening is, is you either don't do the work or you do it fairly badly. And all of that anger and all of that, you know, emotion, it takes the same amount of emotional energy to like anger post about the USDA or the FDA as it does to actually do the work. And the difference is, is that if you're trying to create results in your business, anger posting about the USDA or the FDA is probably not super helpful. Is it cathartic? Yeah, sure. Okay. I totally get it. I have totally anger posted about the USDA and the FDA, believe me. <laughs> but on the other hand, are you getting the results that you want in your business? And are you seeing those results when your anger posting. Okay, now it's entirely possible anger posting about the USDA or the FDA is your shtick. Okay, and that you do that because you are making a point about the way the food system is run. And I promise you, I get that. <laughs> I really, really get that. <laughs> there are so many ways that white privilege is written into our food safety laws, that assumptions around access to all sorts of different things are totally written into our food safety laws. And I'm super happy to unpack any of that with, with, with any of you. But the thing is, is that if you are out there anger posting about food safety or what the government is doing or isn't doing for the small guys, you're not working on your business in a way that builds results for your clients. Because the truth is, is that if you want to be out there and you want to be selling to people who can make a meaningful difference in your total revenue number, you need to make what we call the minimum viable product. And of course, your minimum viable product is your food wrapped in your government regulations, wrapped in your client expectations. That's the minimum viable product. That's what creates value. It is by definition what creates value for your customer. And your customers pay you for value. They pay you for solving a problem. And when you're in the space of anger and you are not doing your food safety planning and you're out there building evidence for why it's so incredibly difficult, you're not actually creating your minimum viable product. Um, and there are costs associated with that. If you run your business, if you are, as we say, the chief cook and bottle washer, there are literally direct costs to you for having this thought, I shouldn't have to do this, and resisting that thought and then acting out of that anger and literally doing nothing around your food safety plans despite what you could be doing. And there are costs to your health, okay? The stress of feeling that anger, pretty expensive to your own health, okay? There's costs to your wealth. You know, we talk, we talk about results in terms of health, wealth, and relationships. And there's a significant wealth impact. I will tell you of the clients that I work with, the ones who spend their time rage posting and, and, and not showing up to the work of food safety, are not the ones that are out there 
booking calls, following up from being at the shows, going out and talking to co-packers, going out and talking to their local grocery stores, to their local distributors, working on their SQF. They're out there rage posting and building evidence about why the system is unfair, okay? And you don't build wealth that way. And then further, it's been my observation that the relationships we build based on a mutual loathing of the government or SQF or BRC or whatever, you know, we, and, and this is, I suppose, particularly for the Americans in the audience, but it's probably a fairly human thing to do. We build our relationships on whining and complaining. Um, and I'm as guilty of that as anybody else. And I'm working really hard on that, I have to say. When you build your relationships about around how much the government hates us uh, and how unfair it is and, and, and that sort of complaining, are those the relationships that are really bringing meaning to your life? My guess is no. Now, you may initially bond and find people who have your same worldview when it comes to politics or, you know, especially when we're talking about agricultural and food policy politics. I certainly have friends who I met uh, through that kind of work and, and, and we do our fair share of complaining, but the relationships don't go very far if that's the basis of the relationship, right? And so there are significant relationship costs to coming from a space of, I shouldn't have to do this and doing less than what the government asks of you or what your clients ask of you, all right? And so if you're with me on this like basis, that there's this like negative space that you're creating with your anger around having to do this stuff at all, I invite you to, as we say around here, put down the cactus. <laughs> And that cactus is holding on to that negativity, you know, and whenever I talk about this stuff, I'm like always tempted to quote, um, I, what's that, what's that movie? Always with the negative waves, Moriarty, always with the negative waves, uh, you know, and they're like off finding all those gold bars after the second world war. Somebody can ping me and tell me what the movie is. Cause I'm, I'm blanking on it right now, but I watched it a lot in college. And when we, decide to put down the cactus and come from a, a, a place where we're not broken and we don't need fixing. Okay. So what I don't want you to do is spend like a ton of time diving into your anger. You know what that does? Um, builds more evidence that your anger is a viable alternative. I promise. <laughs> if you decide to just say, Hmm, that anger is a super interesting emotion. Maybe I don't have to feel that way about my food safety planning. It'll be a lot more productive than delving into your deep and profound thoughts. I'm sure that you have around the government and, and, and your anger at the government or SQF or BRC or whatever. And when I say put down the cactus, what I'm really asking you to do is look at what is when you look at your minimum viable product, um, and you say, okay, I have this amazing food. And so many of you make amazing, amazing foods. And there are government regulations that regulate that food. And there are customer expectations. So when you put down the cactus, you can serve up truth, as we say, and 
stand in integrity, acceptance, and compassion around what is. And the sooner that you do that, the faster you will actually make your minimum viable product. Because when you allow yourself compassion to feel what you're feeling, especially if you're feeling anger at the government, allow yourself to feel that anger and then make a choice about how you're going to move forward with that. Because if you rage write your food safety planning, not going to work out that well, I promise, because I've seen that. <laughs> if you rage write your HACCP plan or your preventive controls plan, then I look at your preventive controls plan and it doesn't conform to anything. And I get, I get this all the time. So I do a lot of foreign supplier verification programs. And that's this, there's this law as part of FISMA where if you run a foreign food manufacturing facility and you want to export to the United States, you have to comply with American law. On the USDA side of the house, it's very straightforward, very complicated, but very like from a uh, actually getting approval to export meat to the United States. That part's complicated, but the process is pretty straightforward. Um, well, over on the FDA side of the house, in 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 FISMA covered products the rollout has not been great. I'm not going to lie. And I spend a lot of my time talking to foreign food companies who want to export to the United States about complying with preventive controls for human foods. And they always come back to me. They're like, but it's never mattered in the past. I totally get that, but it matters now. And then I say, in order for me to approve your food, as a preventive controls qualified individual, I need to see your preventive controls plan with your process preventive controls, your sanitation preventive controls, your allergen preventive controls. You need to tell me you've got a recall plan. If you don't have one, I'll send it to you. And that's actually true for everybody. If you don't have a recall plan, send me a DM. I will send you a recall plan because we give them away. I find them that important to the food industry. And so, then they have to go when they rage write their preventive controls for human foods plan. And then they're sending me a preventive controls plan for ready to eat food that doesn't mention the word salmonella. That's not okay. In the United States, if you are selling ready to eat food, you must account for five log reduction of salmonella. End full stop. If you are making peanuts and you have a very good reason, you might be able to get away with four logs reduction of salmonella, but that's about it. Uh, okay, ready to eat food must have five logs reduction of salmonella and full stop. If you are not proving to me that you have a five log reduction in salmonella, you are not making a minimum viable product that can be sold in the United States legally. And then I have to, so I have to explain that to folks. And then I have to send them their preventive controls plan back. And then they get super angry and it's, and it's really difficult. And I didn't write the laws, guys. So what I'm inviting you to, to look at is the cost associated with this idea that doing nothing and being angry and rageful about the laws as they exist is better than accepting what is. Putting down the cactus of the injustice of it all and feeling badly that you're feeling badly about that, which I know a lot of you actually do, even if you don't talk about it that much. 
and moving forward anyway with integrity and acceptance and compassion. Because when you do that, you will come from abundance because that's what naturally happens. I've been really working on this practice in my own like personal self-coaching journey and putting down the cactus of self-loathing, of putting down the cactus of beating myself up when I don't make my time protocol. You know, I don't do everything in the day that's on my to-do list that I said, you know, I was going to do at 1.30 or 2 or 2.30 or I don't make all the phone calls and things like that. Okay. Putting down that cactus is super difficult because we feel like we have to feel bad in order to motivate ourselves to do work. And that's actually one of the thoughts that I named uh, on my own. <laughs> okay, that's the thought called RAB. If I'm not miserable, I'm not working hard enough. But if you're miserable while you're trying to write your food safety plans, you don't actually write your food safety plans. And that is incredibly expensive. Because the time that elapses between when you have to give somebody your food safety plan so that you can sell into the United States, you can sell into distribution, you can sell into that big chain store that you wanna sell into. If you don't have the documentation, it can be very, very difficult to capitalize on those opportunities. So, so that right there is a wealth cost of doing nothing. Then there's the lost sleep when you know you have to turn your documentation in and you don't have it. So there's a health cost, there's a significant health cost associated with not getting enough sleep. We're an entire society that doesn't get enough sleep for heaven's sakes, okay? There are relationship costs. You know, if you are telling your clients you're doing everything by the book and you're not doing everything by the book, you're ruining your own relationship with yourself because you're not standing in integrity with yourself and you're not standing in integrity with your clients. And that shit's expensive, people, because your clients are paying you to solve their problems and I promise you, they are not paying you to solve their problems out of integrity. Uh, you know what I mean? They're not paying you for, for doing things not in conformance with the law is what I mean by that. And... So putting down the cactus means saying, you know what, mm, these regulations are what is. My customer expectations are what is. So they want me to account for nightshades in my production process, which I'm a big fan of, by the way, because I'm allergic to them. And there are a ton of people who don't eat nightshades. They're very pro-inflammatory, okay? But you know, they want, they, you have a customer that, and more and more customers are asking for this. Please tell us about your use of nightshades in your products or your cross-contamination with nightshades. So you have to do it if you wanna solve your customer problem. And if you don't wanna solve your customer problem, by all means, decide not to solve your customer problem and say, you are not my target client. You are not somebody who I'm going to be able to have a, a, a a fulfilling customer relationship with because I can't meet your expectations. It's way easier to say no to that stuff than to say yes and not fulfill on it. So when you say when you say yes to things that you don't want to deliver a minimum viable product for, it sucks the life out of you. It it, it drains your health, it drains your wealth, and it 
really damages your relationships far more than saying no with integrity will do. And so your cost, I mean, I think you can probably see how these costs start mounting. And so think about the ways out. Think about where you need to say no, because you're not actually going to do the work. Totally okay. Say no if you're not planning on doing the work. One of the things I'm super fond of telling people is, is if you don't like regulations, go into a different industry because food is the most heavily regulated industry there is. And so your costs of doing nothing are in health and wealth and relationships. And your failure to show up to yourself and the damage that you do to your relationship with yourself is probably the most expensive cost of it all. All right. And I'm not even talking about the cost of a recall because, you know, 10 or 15 grand or 20 or 30 grand in a, in recall costs or even more than that. If you, you know, I've run way bigger recalls than that. That's money. And you can always, you make food guys. You can always go out and make more money, but you can't undo the damage to yourself when you don't show up to yourself. And that's a huge cost of not actually doing your food safety planning well. So I invite you to think about what you are choosing to do and move into, I'm choosing to write my food safety plan. I'm choosing to do this. And the difference between those two thoughts of, I shouldn't have to do this and I'm choosing to do this, is the difference, it's night and day. It is exponentially different because when you think I'm choosing to do this and you're choosing it out of your own free will, you're going to feel powerful. You're going to feel determined if determined is a positive energy for you. It's not for me. And then you're going to be able to just go out and, and, and figure out the how and fail forward and say, okay, well, you know, my sanitation standard operating procedure surely isn't working because we got listeria. Let's figure this out. Uh, hey, I'm going to go to office hours for Dr. P this month or this week, really. <laughs> and I'm going to ask questions. Um, you're going to end up building evidence that you know what you are doing. And you can, and even if you don't know what you're doing immediately exactly, you're going to build evidence that you can figure it out. And that feels amazing. Building evidence that you can figure it out is totally fun. And then that will transform your health. It will transform your wealth and it will transform your relationships all by deciding that you're going to implement a food safety plan because how you do one thing is literally how you do everything. And I know there are people who disagree with that statement, but if you're continually not showing up to your food safety planning, there are other things in your life that you're, you're letting yourself off the hook for and quitting ahead of time. And we could get on the phone and I could document the, all of that for you. <laughs> But if you start executing the behaviors and living in the belief that, that you can do food safety planning, 
you will eventually have an executed food safety plan. You will have made the hardest transition going from a place of, I really shouldn't have to do this, to a place of, I really actually am doing this. That's the biggest transition you'll ever make in your business. And then you will be building and failing forwards towards your minimum viable product that you can then go out into the marketplace and sell and build wealth and community the way that I know that you can. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Be sure to join us in the Proofing Box, a private Facebook page for food producers filled with valuable information and technical tips. Grow your business by learning from people just like you, all under the guidance of a food safety expert.